A word for today, Lions Down's daily podcast to help you abide in Jesus by seeing to it that his word abides in you. Nothing could matter more. This isn't to replace your personal Bible reading and prayer, but rather encourage and help you in it. We've been unpacking the second instalment of Peter's teaching on false teachers in 2 Peter chapter 2. And we've seen from verse 9 uh, the summary of the little section we've been looking at over this past week, which says, Then the Lord knows how to rescue the godly from trials and to keep the unrighteous under punishment until the day of judgment. What we've been seeing is that God understands very well what is going on. He's not asleep and uncaring, which is how it might sometimes look and feel. That is absolutely not the case. And Peter has proved that to us with these epic examples of God's action in judgment, a judgment that spans every kind of uh, era uh, and age and situation and category of being, a judgment that is universal, inevitable, inescapable, devastating as it is sudden complete and without survivors. We must believe in the future judgment of God. There's no excuse not to believe in it because of the past examples that point to it and the sign now of those under God's judgment whose minds are depraved and who are therefore deprived of the truth. How God very terribly holds them in that condition under punishment, as verse 9 says, until the day of judgment. But we've seen too that God rescues the godly, that is to say those who are real Christians, those who are living out the gospel in their lives, how he rescues them from the trials. He keeps them faithful in the trials. That's what that means. They do not fall away in trials. They do not give in and go the way that so many do, a way of compromise and error and a cowardly betrayal of the gospel. God is at work. And In this last session, before tomorrow we move on to the next section of chapter 2, I want to show that God is at work now. And we see that in 2 Thessalonians, chapter 2, verses 9 to 12. This is uh, a section, again, uh, so much of the Bible deals with false teaching. It's so under-addressed in our age. I think that's because so much of it is so embarrassing, really. But this is what 2 Thessalonians, chapter 2, Verse 9 to 12 says, The coming of the lawless one is by the activity of Satan with all power and false signs and wonders. Do you see there, Paul there, in writing to the Thessalonian churches, is talking about the direct work of Satan, which we've seen is the direct work, his agents of which are false teachers. And we've seen this very uh, shocking truth that uh, that activity will be attested by false signs and wonders. We're not talking just conjuring tricks here. We are talking about real supernatural power. Verse 10, and with all wicked deception. Remember how deceiving the false teachers were? That was their characteristic trademark. They are smugglers. They are deceivers. Verse 10 again, and with all wicked deception for those who are perishing. So the deception, according to verse 10, is particularly to serve those who are not elect, who have chosen the road of darkness, the road that leads down hell to destruction. Verse 10 again. And with all wicked deception for those who are perishing, because they refuse to love the truth and so be saved. 
Therefore God sends them a strong delusion so that they may believe what is false in order that all may be condemned who did not believe the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Do you see what a shocking picture this presents us of the work of God? It says that um, the deception that God actually sends into the world. Do you see that? Verse 11, God sends them a strong delusion. This happens with the divine permission of God that false teaching comes into the world because, to those who are perishing, because they refuse to love the truth and so be saved. So it's saying that God reached out to them with the truth and said, come to the crucified Lord Jesus Christ and know salvation. And those who refuse to love the truth, notice that's the action of the true Christian, is not to believe the truth or to live out the truth in any kind of uh, legalistic way, but to love the truth with all their hearts. And those who refuse to love the truth are uh, perishing. And false teaching is in order that the punishment of God upon that rejection is so that they would believe what is false, what is untrue. What is the purpose of that, according to verse 12? In order that all may be condemned, that is to say, fall under the condemnation of God on that last judgment day. Why? Because they did not believe the truth. Why didn't they believe the truth? Was it that they were intellectually unconvinced by it? No, of course not. The truth is amply uh, intellectually coherent to satisfy um, even uh, the most inquiring uh, examination. No, the reason was they had pleasure in unrighteousness. You see, the problem is that they love the darkness. And God's judgment upon that is to, in the words of verse 11, send this strong delusion to allow false teaching to come into the world in a way that's described there as sending it into the world as a judgment upon those who refused to love the truth but rather had pleasure in unrighteousness. Do you see how serious this is? God uh, is not out of control in the sense that the world is not out of his control. Uh, it is doing exactly what he ordains. And false teaching is not something that uh, we are to wring our hands about. We should hate it with all our hearts, but we shouldn't think that God is somehow losing control. No, it is a sign that he is in control. And that's why false teaching will be a characteristic of the world until the return of Jesus Christ. So it just confirms this idea that God knows what is going on and he is active, especially through false teaching. And through that, he is rescuing the godly from trials. You see what a serious thing uh, Christianity is. What a serious thing the work of God is in our world today. And I pray that our hearts would be stirred to love the truth, to love the written word of God, to strive with all our hearts with an inner heart commitment to virtue and all the other characteristics that Peter mentions in chapter 1 of his second letter. We should strive to have discipleship that is real and effective and committed to the truth in an ongoing way, that the gospel is for the salvation of sins and that stands uncompromisingly against false teachers and so gives glory to God. 
I pray that you would know the rescue of God from these trials. That is to say, he's keeping you of them in the situations that we face, in a world that is awash at every level with false teaching. Loving Heavenly Father, please help us to understand this teaching, but more than that, please help us to take it to our hearts, to take great comfort from the fact that you really do know what is going on and you really are active in very terrible and very wonderful ways, punishing the unrighteous until the day of judgment, but at the same time rescuing the godly from trials. Father, please, would we delight in that. Keep us faithful. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. A word for today, helping you abide in Jesus by seeing to it that his word abides in you. This podcast was brought to you by Lionsdown at lionsdown.org.